You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. I'm She-Wolf. And I'm Beatrix Gravesguard. We'll be casting witchy vibes and sonic spells until 6 p.m. So gather round, light a candle, and levitate with us. You just heard Madison McFerrin with the Zenizen remix of Shine. Before that was Eula with Pretty Bones. Starting off our show today was LLLL Spiderweb. We're back. There's sort of an intermittent back and forth. I guess there was some portals open into uh, some some horror holes. Yeah, we found a space funk wizard floating out in the galaxy and he played some new jams yeah talked about uh chicken tenders talk we did a taco bell cantina review there was some star wars disney snack reviews amazing yeah so good snack lineup yeah for sure oh some uh danzig updates (laughs) good old danzig yeah um i had uh a new chicken tender recently in Minneapolis, Raising Cane's, uh, which I had not had before, but realized we have very similar origin stories. We're both from Baton Rouge, the Bat Row. Is that what they call Baton Rouge? Well, it's a a friend referred to it as Bat Bat Row. Row. Well, I like that. It's like Bat Row. Yeah, because you know, a little bat. Yeah, and I I was like, I love that. I think we were making fun of like San Fran, totally, and just doing that to other yeah Yeah. other places. But Bat Row is pretty great. Yeah, Yeah, I was uh, telling somebody, I was like, man, She Wolf has really learned my love language over this five year creative marriage because I was looking through like. Uh, you texted me that, and then the last thing you texted me before that was like another menu, and I was like, I love that you just sent me. What text you? What menu did I text? For the Swedish place we went to in Minneapolis. Oh, right, because um, it was, I mean, I would also argue that chicken tenders are my love language. Oh, totally. We just share we it. We share it, yeah. yeah but I was it. like, I just love that this is like a series of just menu items that have been selected. No, it's really important to me <laughs> to know where I'm eating. Yeah. I'm a very like self-preservation, self-preservationist. Yeah. I and guess. I also like to know <laughs> all the chicken tender joints within like a 50 mile radius. Can I, I always... tell you a crazy thing about canes while yeah. we're on the topic? Did you go out there by yourself? Yeah. <gasps> oh, best like self date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at the history of Raising Cane's, um, which is Raising Cane, C-A-I-N is a biblical reference but the the oh. chicken tenders reference is or the chicken tenders title is c-a-n-e okay. uh, and they named it after their dog who's like like a sugar like sugar cane like sweet sugar cane it's like a common southern nickname um but they were kind of peeling ba- so they were opening this chicken tender restaurant and they were like peeling back the paint in the place it was like LSU Student Union, I think, where they opened the first shop, which is not too far from where I was born. Whoa. Um, but they were peeling off the wall, and underneath there was, like, this painted text of what it was before, and it just said, Wolf's. 
and they used the same style of lettering. And I was like, wow, this chicken tender place is like made for me to find. It really was. On this last day Um, that I have in Minneapolis where I have like time to myself to go explore. And it was so good. They sell only three things. (gasps) It's chicken tenders, which have like the sort of like pickle marinade that Chick-fil-A also has. Um, They have Texas toast and they have crinkle fries. That's my three favorite food groups. And they have a really good um, like secret sauce. And it's very good. Um, I was under the impression that they were only in like some weird place in Southern California. And I had promised myself the next time. And Las Vegas. I visited that I would make like a detour to the one in Southern California. Um, it's yeah, on, it's on my list. It was kind of like an accidental. Where would you find? Yeah, where would you place it in like the hierarchy of, of tenders? Oh gosh, like I feel like it'll be really. Like, I feel like my hierarchy of tenders is is actually pretty controversial. That's so. okay. I'm here for it. Break it down. I don't want to say this on the air. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about this a- another time, but Secret I combo. I would say that it's up there. It's up there. Okay. It's it's definitely one of the better tenders I've had. And I will also say uh, Popeye's is high on the list, but um, I I think I I prefer Popeye's like nuggets to the tenders. I've never had a Popeye's nug. They taste very different. And they're both good, but they're not nuggets in the sense that, like, McDonald's nuggets are nuggets. I am not a McDonald's nugget. Me fan. neither. I don't like McDonald's nuggets. They're, they're like Uncanny Valley chicken nugget. I don't like it. It's weird. So you know how, like, there's their nugget is sort of like a paste? Yeah, that's what I don't like. I don't like the texture. So, yeah, a, a Popeye's nugget is more like a tender in a different shape, but it's a okay. different part of the chicken. Gotcha. So, I don't know. Okay. I like them better. They're different. I'm going back. Um, I am a big fan. I'll just say this on air okay. without being specific about it. I have a soft spot for the homophobic chicken restaurant. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm a Southern person. Yeah. I understand how awful they are. However, I'm not a Chick-fil-A fan. It's There's something like You might not like Wishing Cane's then. Because oh, well, I was going to compare yeah. them. I like a real crunchy tender. Um, I like. Uh, it's more the flavor. Yeah, that you I and I are like our flavor profile. Okay, flavor profile. But you and I are aligned on the Safeway tender front. Safeway tenders are good. Reliable. Reliable. Crispy crunchy chicken is good. Yeah, I brought that um, for a special guest on the show. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Yeah, chicken tenders. All right, it's good. We taught. We didn't rank anything. We Ch- just talked chicken around. Chicken tendies. That. Chicken tendies. Yeah, there are some like real trashy things I like. Yeah. Like I love a Burger King chicken fry. Oh, I've not. I have like a a cognitive dissonance with the phrasing chicken fry. It like upsets me, and so I can't make any. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Is it a chicken and is it a fry? It delights me. Uh, and I also like the term fries with eyes, which refers fries to with like eyes. They're like deep fried smelt. Deep and smelt? Smelt are a kind of small fish. Oh. And so when they're fried, they look like fries, okay. but they have eyes. If you want to have a really bougie, uh, good lost tender weekend, Hollywood Roosevelt poolside tenders come with like four dipping sauces. Yeah. And every time I stay there, that's like all I eat for 24 hours. I, like don't leave the so hotel. Good. I think that's what Justin Bieber orders when he stays there. You know, I feel you, Justin. Yeah. A lot of like weird D-list entourages hanging out by the pool. Yeah, a lot of people on a lot, a lot of weird 
drugs there. It's, it's, fun. it's just really fun to eat tenders and watch people. That's yeah. all I want to do. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so we are coming up on a full moon in Aquarius on Thursday, August 15th. And I'm going to read from our book. It's really funny because before you said that, I like looked at the first line and I was like, wow, that sounds like something I would write. Yeah. <laughs> like I keep forgetting that you're pulling these from the book. And I'm like, oh, I like that sentence. And I'm like, oh, I wrote it. It's <laughs> a good sign. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel like I hate everything I do. So I'm like, OK. Yeah. So when I, if, I, if I'm caught off guard and I don't really realize it's mine, I'm like, oh, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> So, full moon in Aquarius, this is from the astrological grimoire from the Aquarius chapter, and this is the full moon, moon scope. You're going to start to get a little itch in your heart. You might be yearning for a life you're not quite living yet, a life you've only glimpsed in your dreams at night, like a reverse deja vu. Let's unpack that. What's a reverse deja vu? So if deja vu is like being awake and like getting a glimpse, you know, like we get- So it's reversed in two ways. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're- You're You're asleep and you're experiencing something in the future rather than in the past. Okay. Yeah. It might make you feel a little antsy and weak, but only if you let it. You can also be a map, a road, a fire burning bright in the distance. What have you done in the past when you're all out of magic? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. What have you done? I'm just laughing because no, I'll tell you off air. Okay. Somebody, somebody said, somebody said that line to me once. What? Uh, the what? Do, what should I do? I'm gonna do this voice, and you're probably gonna know who it is. <sighs> what do I do when I'm all out of magic? <laughs> do, you know, do you know who I'm talking about? I have a few guesses. <laughs> um, so, so you immortalized them in the book. You what? You immortalized this voice in the book. God, I guess I did. (laughs) Okay. Make a list of all the sparks that ignite you, whether they're people or songs or photographs. What balm can you apply to the spiritual itch to keep your course steady, your gaze focused? Think of all the times you've gotten from point to point in your life, sometimes fast and sometimes slow. Yeah. Do you have any other kind kind of like insights on uh this particular full moon well i will say and you can tell me your interpretation of this i had a weird i don't know if i would call it a reverse deja vu and Mm. i don't want to get too personal because it was like a somewhat personal conversation but this weekend i was at a really wonderful little writing retreat with a friend of the show danny scoville and her other friend and we were up really early on a sunday morning drinking coffee like the deck at like 7 a.m. And I said this sentence out loud in which I said a person's name and I said a location. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, it was about, a, it was a story and I hadn't told this story in years. I hadn't even thought about it. Mm-hmm. And 10 minutes later, and I hadn't, I hadn't talked to this person mm-hmm. in months and months. 10 minutes later, I get a text from this person mm-hmm. asking me a question about the same location mm. that I had just, I had, so I just said like his name and the place out loud. It was like a story from years ago where I was like, oh, this time he was his, here and we were there. Were burning. And, and it's not a, like a commonly, it's not a common place. Yeah. And the question he asked had nothing to do with that experience. Mm-hmm. It was like a, he was like, oh, do you know if blah, blah, blah is still blah, blah, blah or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was like, uh, that's really weird. Cause I literally just said your name. Mm-hmm. in the name of that place 10 minutes ago and it's not like a 
it's from something that happened years and years ago. When did this happen? Sunday. Sunday. Oh, interesting. I had a, this is a less interesting experience, but I was co-working with Lily, Lily Sloan, who yes. I think is somewhere here in, in this alley. Uh, and we were, we were talking about social media oh. and then I get an alert on my phone through Facebook Messenger and it says, you and Lily Sloan are celebrating <laughs> two years of friendship on and Facebook. You're like, and here we and are. I was like, Weird. are they like, is that Lily Sloan's voice I hear? Yeah. Gonna <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so I have more of a, yeah, my, this, my phone might be listening. This was just <laughs> so odd because, and also like the, the story that I had told was about this time in which it was like a weekend that, that like, I would say the rest of our, our two lives sort of hinged on. Mm-hmm. Like he went in one direction and I went in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both went down the directions we were definitely supposed to go down mm-hmm. um but it so it just felt like it was very strange and this is somebody that i've had like weird little psychic links with in the past like mm-hmm. he's a very he's a good friend of mine um but it and like we are we're we're like tethered in some strange not it's not even like a romantic way it's just like a like a cosmic human way yeah but it was just this it was just the oddest sensation where i was like i haven't thought about this i haven't talked to this person in months and i literally that's like the sentence i said out loud and then 10 minutes later it was like hey yeah (laughs) well i i wonder if you like if you can think of people as having like periodicities you know the same way what's a periodicity like you know the the amount of time it takes for an orbit to happen and if you have like if you're on i don't know if you if you have like kind of a similar attachment or memory of a person Mm. maybe there's just a point at which like the when you think of each other it'll collide you know that's so interesting to think about because sometimes that happens to me where i'm like oh i haven't thought about that person in a while and then they'll text to me and i'll be like oh maybe it's like we both haven't thought about the other person for the exact same amount of time and then yeah. it just pops up you know that happened to me a couple of weeks ago with uh our friend peter where i was in oakland and i had this i was like i'm gonna see peter mm-hmm. he lives in oakland but i hadn't seen him in month i mean i've been to oakland yeah. many times and not seen him but i just had this strong spidey sense i was like oh i'm gonna see this person yeah and i didn't see him but then i got a text the he next morning he was like hey saw you at the bar but i uh, yeah. didn't want to come over <laughs> for various <laughs> reasons yeah um and i was like well that's weird yeah but i i'm i'm really i don't know if that's just like confirmation bias you know it is yeah it is in part but i'm i'm also kind of i'm medium woo so i'm always like oh yeah is there i mean it's like this? there's reasons to think of a more fun explanation yeah what's the like german word for like uh there is a german word for this for when you learn of something and then you see it everywhere, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do, but I don't know. The, I don't know the word. Can I look it up? Okay. Um, yeah. Tweet at us if you have also experienced spook synchronicity in the last week. Because um, I'm, I'm really curious. Oh yeah, Bader Meinhof complex. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, Bader Meinhof com- uh, phenomenon is. You learned about something for the first time recently, and then you see it everywhere because now you're um, focused on. Yeah, it's it's like a thing that you can pick out, and it's interesting. It's like you can kind of link that to the opposite 
thing that happens, which is that we tune things out when they're not significant to us. Mm -hmm. So synchronicities are interesting because it pinpoints like what's significant to us, like what we are primed to notice more. It's true. And I feel like I'm also going through like, uh, I feel like whenever I go through a phase of like where things feel new, like there's a lot of newness in my life for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm weirdly more alert. Yeah. And so I'm probably paying more attention. Because there's a lot more uh, information to prime. That's true. We also, uh, coinciding with this upcoming full moon in Aquarius, are teaching a class over at Scarlet Sage. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about the class? Sure. Um, So it's going to be a two-hour class in which we will help you intuitively decipher your birth chart through houses through houses so through through the whole house, house system, system which uh we use in our book yeah and it's like you're a little uh unique thumbprint yeah and it's in, actually in the cosmos yeah and i think we'll do yeah i have some good ideas and i know you do too i don't think it's just going to be a really like blah 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 talk 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 kind of class it's going to well, be think, more yeah interactive I, th- I think whole house well we first of all we have really beautiful full color worksheets but whole house is also i feel a very um like simple and elegant way of looking at the birth chart without getting into too much of the nitty-gritty of like angles and like the kind of like mathematical things Mm -hmm. that um like latitudes and longitudes and things like that. This this will be more of an overview and it's unlike other birth chart systems, this one uses every sign. So, I mean, and we chose that so that you aren't, um, it, it isn't dependent on latitude. There's mm-hmm. like the higher you go, um, higher or lower you go from, from the equator on the globe the more likely you are to have kind of like overlapping houses and then dropped signs in your houses. This is all kind of technicality. But um, in short, you can decide based on a chart that certain signs have nothing to say to you. And we wanted to include yes every sign yes. in this interpretation so that it um, kind of counters that like personal bias sometimes we have about um, archetypal systems and some things applying and some things not applying so it'll be an interesting discussion i think yeah so you can go if you're in the bay area scarlet sage uh which is in the mission it's a cool cool little store and they have a a new new space for classes like this yeah i haven't been to the new space yet so i'm really excited to teach in there yeah so it's thursday you can register on their website i think it's 7 to 9 p.m yeah thescarletsage.com mm-hmm. if you follow us on Instagram at which radio it's the link in our bio right now uh, we're also on Twitter so tweet at us and we're going to play some more music and when we come back we're going to talk about the so called Lionsgate portal love a portal this is Angel Olson with All Mirrors you're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.FM Watching all of my past repeating There's no ending 
Shoulder, I need you. I need you to understand. These are the earthquake drills that we ran under the freeway overpass. The tears behind your dark sunglasses, the fears inside your heart's deepest gashes. Walk beside me. are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Heim with Summer Girl. Before that was Bat for Lashes with Feel For You. Starting off that set was Angel Olsen with All Mirrors. So, uh, I just uh, last week was made aware of a thing that was going around on Instagram called the Lionsgate portal. Um, August 8th 
which is kind of a double eight, very auspicious. We're going to talk about the number eight and the numerology of number eight. But had you heard about this before, Beatrix? I had not. And in fact, when you first brought it up, I thought it had to do with a cult because I was conflating it with Heaven's Gate. But then you brought up that like a lot of cults believe in portals. Can you say more about that? I think like cults are, a lot of the cults I've looked into have this angle of like here's a different way to perceive what you've been taught or what you've thought you've known Mm -hmm, right a lot of that often involves you know things like interdimensional travel or um you know these sort of spiritual escape hatches these kind of like like a a passing from like your previous boring life to like a new kind of enhanced version of self and a lot of the time Mm. portals or gates are kind of used as imagery i don't know just a just a thing i've i've noticed yeah portals are interesting love it i I love a good portal yeah we have a collection going we do of, of portals uh but yeah i was curious about this because you know in five years of doing this radio show i don't i hadn't heard this term and i think instagram has been a really interesting way to watch the rise of astrology in tandem with other spiritual um, movements because it's a really easy way to share information and uh, sometimes misinformation and you know have it alongside like a beautiful image of flowers or you know this the nasa images of the stars etc and um i had not heard about this so i did so a bit of research on what the Lionsgate portal is and i did like the google um search where you can um kind of do a time frame and and I started I just like started from like the early internet and and kind of like counted up the years until I got to a mm-hmm. point where I started seeing like primitive early websites uh and so I found one <laughs> this is from July 2005 there are a lot of things oh look come. at that great sort of geocities-esque website yeah so it says energies for July 2005 the opening of the Lionsgate portal to higher consciousness they say that webpage is a real portal to 2005 is it really it is. is Art Archangel Michael through oh. Celia Fenn oh god so that's you I'm already like Ugh. yeah I can't the Archangel stuff I'm like I don't what yeah what is that I don't I it's don't know like very it's much like it. next level woo no offense if anybody's <laughs> into the archangels but it's like there's like a whole uh, it's like where I, I may be misspeaking but it's almost where like christianity overlaps with like new age belief systems yeah and it looks like just skimming through this page there's yeah. a whole lot of overlap like she mentioned she mentions um uh crown chakra she oh. mentions Quan yin she oh. mentions astrology she mentions light workers she mentions the serious gate which is another word for the lion's gate um it's like mad, mad libs of new age jargon yeah sekhmet <laughs> pele amaterasu oh 
the Terra's <laughs> planetary goddess matrix, creation and manifestation of the new earth. Um, triple sevens fire ceremonies solar lion and lioness there's a lot of stuff on here that i'm just like what the fuck this reminds me of did you ever watch a k pacha videos the pele report hola k pacha here (laughs) 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 i'm eating the coconut in thailand and (laughs) mars is moving into the new orb of mercury it's, it's, I love it. I don't understand anything that's happening in it, but it brings me great joy. Yeah, it talks about the alignment of the sun and Sirius in relation to the galactic center. There Jeez. is no galactic center. There is no galactic center. Okay. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't find anything before, like, roughly 2004, 2005 that was, like, of note about the Lionsgate portal. I'm guessing that around that time, I don't think necessarily it was Celia Fenn who um, coined the term, but it that was the earliest kind of internet uh evidence i could find it's possible that there are books that are much older than that that mention the lionsgate portal but it i i also couldn't find anything that wasn't like a blog post about it so we're approaching this with like a good dose of of skepticism however i uh this sent me down a really interesting rabbit hole um so a lot of these blog uh, posts mention ancient Egypt and Mayans and that they knew in quotes about the landscape portal independently of one another. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, I tried to kind of figure out what this was. The Mayan new year, um, I think is roughly held to be around July 26th based on some preliminary Google searches. I couldn't find any like definitive dates, but that's like definitely within Leo season. Um, And then the Egyptian New Year, which is more interesting, um, it was apparently established in a year where uh, the star Sirius, which is also referred to in a lot of these blog posts as the spiritual sun. So it was in a year where um, Sirius rose on its new year and um the the sort of uh way that they were looking at it was um distance from the ecliptic earth's ecliptic uh line compared to the sun so it kind of like rose in a position that was like in line with the sun and could be observed um for a part part of the year and and that period of, of the star was, at the time, remarkably close to the length of a year. So they kind of considered this star kind of like an, another celestial object that you can measure time with. Um, however, it's, it's slightly less than a year. So the, the date, the exact date of the new year has kind of like drifted <laughs> since the establishment of this calendar. Just... Um, something to take note of. Mm-hmm. So it, the fact that Sirius is referred to as the spiritual sun and then the meeting of the sun and Leo, Leo, which is also ruled by the sun. So it's kind of this dual sun, dual mm-hmm. lion image um, opening a portal. If you, Where does the portal go to? You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> the galactic center? I don't know. Uh, Lily Sloan just texted in that she thinks the secret alley is the galactic center. Uh, I think it's just, it's it opens... And what I've gathered from the Instagrams I saw is that it opens and it, and and that provides like all of these divine energies okay. and power and I'm imagining uh, positivity. The, re- the refrigerator and Ghostbusters. Sure. Okay. Some demon dogs in the background. Yeah. 
Because there's dogs, there's dogs mentioned in here too. There's dogs mentioned. So um, serious mythology. I dug into this. Um, so it's associated in many cultures with dogs, and I don't know if that's something that was like propagated from one origin, but it's you know seen as the dog star. It's kind of associated with this late summer, the dog days of summer. Um, there, it's also called, you know, the wolf star, the coyote star, and it's also associated with hunters and bows and arrows, and in some cultures is referred to as the white horse, um, and it's part of a group of stars called the path of souls, so it has, like, all of these sort of divine, um, attributes in, in various cultures, but it's also kind of, you know, tied to, tied to mm-hmm. dogs and horses, and, bows and arrows and hunting so i guess this sort of and orion it's like canis major is seen as like orion's dog um and he's a hunter and um you know it canis major contains the star sirius um and then i also dug into the numerology of the number eight which um i did a bunch of deep dives on over a year ago and i was like oh i'll refer to this document i have on the number eight um it's one of the luckiest numbers it's the luckiest like number in chinese culture Mm -hmm. being a homonym for prosperity and uh the double eight if you have two eights next to each other it resembles um, a character for happiness um so the number eight is actually so um auspicious that phone numbers and license plates and um weddings they, um right. people yeah get people on get married well but i was going to say like oh. phone numbers and um license plates that contain eight sell for a lot of money people wow. yeah people do schedule weddings on days that uh, that contain eight mm-hmm. um a lot of like phone numbers for um like major corporations have a bunch of eights in them or are all eights to kind of it's kind of a flex uh because eight is uh associated with prosperity um also dragon years are like a a really um auspicious year to to have children born in so um 1988 was a notable dragon year Mm. um and uh august 8th is father's day which um it, it's a homonym for father, 8-8, eight, oh. eight, but it's also a super patriarchal culture. Sure. So it's like, you know, very fitting that this this um, most auspicious day of the year is associated to fathers. Um, it also has really, um, it has like strong prosperity leans in a lot of other uh, East Asian cultures. Um, including Japanese, the the Chinese and Japanese symbol for the number eight looks like two lines that are slowly expanding. So it's kind of this like expansion of sure, wealth. Sure. Yeah. Um, other things about the number eight, Scorpio is is the eighth sign, yeah, and the number eight is associated with the Ouroboros cycles of life and death, infinity, power, strength. Uh, strength is the eighth tarot card in the major arcana so it's like this really like in a lot of numerological systems eight is seen as this like the most powerful number um in various other cosmologies it shows up as the noble eightfold path in buddhism the uh, bagua trigrams and the eight immortals in taoism uh the eight lakshmis uh she's the hindu goddess of prosperity 
Uh, the Antichrist is the eighth king. Who are the first seven kings? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about the Bible. Um, there are eight moon phases. We'll have to ask uh, Danny Scoville yeah. for that. Um, Timothy Leary famously had his eight circuit model of consciousness. Uh, eight is the first cube greater than one, and it's a magic number in nuclear physics. Um, there's eight bits in a byte. There's a bunch of like applications of the number eight. My brain is spinning. Yeah. I need to like, lie down in a dark room for an hour and think about all of this. Yeah, so I feel like that, you know, all of that is enough fuel for me <laughs> to be like, oh, the lines portal opened up and it, I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, you went down, so, you went into the portal and I went you learned a lot about the number eight. That yeah. is what the portal contained. Also, friend of the show, Manjula Martin, just texted in a picture from one of my favorite portals, the Madonna Inn restaurant. Oh, and she sent a picture portal. of their, their haunted cake. Speaking of portals. And Lily texts in, I think the secret alley is the galactic center. Yes. I don't think there is a galactic center, but um depends on the shape of the... Well, we're not in the galactic center, first of all. <laughs> Sagittarius A-star is in the center oh. of our galaxy. It's a black uh, it's a black hole. Uh, but the there's, there's no... Imagine it being really gooey, like a gooey, delicious center. Oh, no, it's a black hole. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Maybe it tastes like black licorice. Yeah. I think I'm just hungry. Yeah. Black holes I are... I just saw a picture of a portal cake, and now I'm hungry. And, uh, yeah, the universe is purported to have a shape that has no center. So, some food for thought. But if you have any uh, information <laughs> on the Lionsgate portal, please tweet at us. Or at other cult. Or any just cool portals in general. Yeah. Or the number eight. Or the first seven kings before the Antichrist. Was Christ one of them? <laughs> damned if I know I don't know yeah I don't know if it's like I know remarkably little about the bible me too oh but we have we can talk later maybe about I found something on how Satan has become this like radical symbol uh, in the modern era though the literary nerd in, in me would argue that goes all the way back to Milton's Paradise Lost yeah agree uh, I guess I should do some snackoscopes huh yes Leo, ooh, uncanny coincidence, because I call this sometimes in the dog days of summer. Which is right now. It can be hard to sense what happens next, to know if you should go right or left or straight. This week you might feel a little dazed, a little out of it. Rather than let it make you anxious, see if you can lean into the in-between, into the stillness of holding your breath underwater on a hot day. Listen to Dungeon and eat hummus. Virgo, what to do when you can't seem to take hold of anything solid and concrete? Things might feel a little squishy right now, a little weird. Conversations might trail off. People will probably be flaky. This might set your teeth on edge, but use it as an opportunity to be alone with yourself, to tend to your own things that need tending. Eat pho and listen to Kleenex. Libra, summer might make you feel weirdly nostalgic, dredging up old loves, old smells, old feels. You might feel compelled to look in every mirror for reflections of your old selves and feel spooked at the present face that stares back at you. This is a time to examine your past for clues about who you've become and who you will be. Listen to New Order and eat hot dogs. And you can tweet at us at which radio if you have anything more to add to my conspiracy board. Wow. About I need like I need one of those like <laughs> uh, bulletin boards, you with know, covered in, with yarn yeah. and like a lot of eights and dogs. I mean, and lions. 
trust me, I kind of have like the digital version. You of really that do. In- that, was, that was like looking at a digital <laughs> conspiracy. I didn't even include all of the eight stuff that I found. I was like, you know what? I'll stop right there. That's enough. Um, but by all means, tweet at us. Yeah. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. And we're going to play some more music for you. This is Cool in the Pool. I would like to be cool in the pool right now. That sounds yeah, so good. Right? This is Holger Zuke. Zuke. Holger Zuke. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. <laughs>
to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Best frequencies forever. You just heard, how do you say this word? Chikoni. Chikoni Youth. It's a uh, Sonic Youth's early album uh, in which they covered a lot of Madonna songs. Oh, Madonna Chikoni. Chikoni Youth. Addicted to Love. But that was actually a Robert Palmer cover. Mm. Before that was Bush Tetras with You Can't Be Funky. And starting off that set was Holger Zuke with Cool in the Pool. We've got some uh, water bear news. Oh, man. Love a water bear. Uh, I got to go with uh, Lily Sloan to uh, Space Night at the Exploratorium a couple weeks ago. 
and her friend was giving the whole presentation on studying Antarctic tardigrades mm-hmm. uh, and how they could survive in outer space. Yeah, and eagle-eyed and, uh, uh, viewers or eagle-eyed book readers might notice <laughs> that uh, we included a tardigrade or a water bear in yeah. our uh, Aquarius chapter. I think it might be the first astrology book that includes a water bear. It definitely is. Uh, if you don't know what a tardigrade is, they are microscopic animals. They look like little weird blobby bears without a face, really. And they can survive for years without food or water. Yeah. And it's kind of a pun with uh, yeah. Aquarius as the water bearer. But water, also, I think yeah. that like tardigrades are very Aquarian. They really are. They're like weird little aliens that live on Earth. Yeah, so... Uh, as most Aquariuses are. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very like... Uh, they're very accustomed to uh, very unusual environments. Have you ever dated an Aquarius? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm like, I, every Aquariuses are like Geminis to me, not they're like on a completely different radio frequency than me. Mm, and yeah. so I'm like, whenever, like, I, I appreciate them and I enjoy them, but I can't imagine dating one. Uh, Lacey Perpich Hedke, who she's, runs the yeah, future. She's a great Aquarius. She's an Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, yeah, so she, she runs this kind of futurist Aquarian so lab. Aquarian. Um, so the deal with these tardigrades in the news recently is we, um, we being humans, <laughs> may have spilled some on the moon. <laughs> Tardigrade spill on the moon. <laughs> High alert. <laughs> so, I imagine it's like, and they're, they're like microscopic. So it's like, you, can't, and it's like d- you can see them getting away from you. They're desiccated too. Oh. So um, tardigrades have this really, uh, they, they, they're interesting in that they s- seem to survive really extreme environments, but they can also um, have been shown in labs to have, uh, you, you can kind of like, dry them out and freeze them and then you can revive them and come back to life i find uh, it interesting that this place this uh it's a, the arch mission foundation a nonprofit whose goal is to create a backup of planet earth that seems like a terrible idea to me like why can't we just fix this fucking earth so let's back up Sorry. a little bit um <laughs> yes agreed yeah but um let's not count on backups so this this spill of tardigrades happened when, um, on April 11th, the Israel Aerospace Industries mission uh, had sent up a lunar lander, which included on it a, a kind of um, disc that was etched with uh, a lunar library, which uh, it was kind of DVD sized. It in- contained 30 million pages of information, human DNA samples. Thousands of tardigrades and a bunch of other, like, you know, human hu- human information kind of encoded onto discs the way that we did for uh, the Golden Record and, you know, Pioneer plaques, that sort of stuff. Um, but the lunar lander crashed. Uh, but because the, the disc included so much sensitive material, the DNA samples and the tardigrades... Um, it was really fortified, so ironically, it might have been the only thing that survived this crash. Uh, we don't know. Um, they, it, it's made up of thin sheets of nickel, uh, and there's 
these sort of like desiccated water bears on there. And as far as we know, the moon doesn't have water on it, so they may just remain water dried out water bears dried up water bear. on the surface of a nickel plate. Um, one of many moon trash items we, we humans have left up there. Ugh. But I, I find it a really funny uh, pursuit to kind of send up this like, oh, this is like the this is all we need to like preserve and advance the species if there's some kind of catastrophe with the earth like here's a bunch of library books <laughs> and some dna and some hair i don't know and, some and, and some, some water, water bears, bears. <laughs> sure start start from scratch we'll yeah. just start here that gonna get it. you're gonna get some weird like water bear looking humans at some point or something you know some yeah but it's you know it's a funny i I love when these things happen because it always makes me like giggle at the human enterprise. <laughs> it's so self-centered. <laughs> it really is. And just, yeah, it's very selfish. And like, <laughs> I don't think the moon has asked for anybody to do anything to it. You know, the yeah. moon's just trying to chill in the sky and be a moon. And we've continued doesn't want to, to be poke colonized. It. Yeah. it doesn't want a fucking library on it. There's yeah. a lot of trash on the moon. Yeah. We've like, I think there's like a bunch of, golf balls on the moon because that's one of the things they did up there was they golfed humans are the worst yeah truly truly uh should we do another set of snack scoops do you want to talk about oh, satan that's now right, or, sorry yeah on on the other end of things yeah satan, tell us about satan <laughs> uh are yeah. you know the mascot we deserve <laughs> that's truly the mascot we deserve um well i've long been interested um in the topic of of Satan, largely from a literary perspective. I wouldn't even say from a biblical perspective because I studied Paradise Lost by John Milton in college, um, in which he writes Satan as a very sympathetic character. Mm -hmm. Like God is like kind of boring and an asshole in that book. Yeah. And Satan, you're sort of like rooting for because he basically gets a whole army of like fallen angels to rebel against God. But like the kicker is God's like, ha ha, you think I, I've designed everything. I already know how everything's going to turn out. You think I didn't see this coming? Like I'm God. Yeah. Um, it's me slipping into like my old teaching. That's how I would, I would teach that book, by the way. <laughs> Satan's kind of like the Christian equivalent of like a trickster. Like a oh, fallen for trickster. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and very, very smart, and you definitely feel bad for him. Um, and tricksters normally are examples of, like, human folly in, like, the best true. and worst ways. Um, but it's funny that uh, in, in some cosmologies, the trickster character is, like, literally the devil and the punisher. And then in others, it's like, oh, it's just a character that is kind of a clown, more like to a fool to kind of show us the range of human expression. Yeah. So, yeah, Milton um, was very politically active during the English Civil War, so it's possible to interpret his portrayal of Satan's rebellion as an allegory for the uprising against the king. Just like, oh, so much of, like, British literature in that era, like, including all Shakespeare, is, like, just deep political commentary that they weren't allowed to say out loud for fear of, like, libel laws. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, but so... A century later, Mary Shelley's dad, the philosopher and radical writer Philip William Godwin, 
Um, he said of Milton's devil, like, well, did he rebel against his maker? It was as he himself informs us because he saw no sufficient reason for that extreme inequality of rank and power. So it, at a certain point, like po political leftists sort of attached onto this idea of like rebellion against the status quo, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've been watching, I was telling you off here that I've been watching The Family on Netflix, which is kind of about this like shadowy sort of Christian group that is pulling strings in the government or supposedly, um, and they're kind of using tax exempt status of religious organizations while not really being religiously focused. It's more like a power grab. Um, but one of the more disturbing things about their strategies is how they can use um, religion and God as, um, and use the sort of chosen one rhetoric to kind of explain things away mm. um, and, and kind of like cover yeah. up thing. It's not necessarily cover up, but um, more, uh, you you can excuse things right. that would otherwise not be excused yeah. by um, you know regular human intuition, mm -hmm. uh, and how that is happening more and more and more with especially powerful old white men mm -hmm. uh, in our government. Yeah. Um, just being uh, being seen as like various kind of religious tests, and if you're kind of in the religious right, you interpret those messages as as like tests and and like, um, you know, things suffering or I don't know, like sort of uh, w ways that you have to kind of like adhere yourself to the word of God. Yeah. Um, and it's it can be super powerful and terrifying. Yeah, I definitely d don't know enough about about that side of, of religion. I guess I should do some more snackoscopes. Yeah. Scorpio, who are you when no one is watching? See if you can catch glimpses of yourself out of the corner of your eye. Notice your natural face by watching it go slack in a mirror. The problem is in building such an extensive collection of masks that finding the real true you becomes more and more difficult. Take a deep breath, eat cotton candy, and listen to the au pairs. Sagittarius, you might feel like everyone around you is moving like molasses this week, all stubborn and distracted. It will make you feel tired and wired at the same time, like you'll simultaneously want to take a nap and scream. See if you can channel this energy into creative projects until this weird personal weather passes. Listen to David Bowie and eat garlic noodles. Capricorn, this is a good time to take a deep breath, to not take anyone's flaking this personally. There's something about summer that makes everyone distracted, makes everyone hungry without ever feeling full. This can drive you a little nuts. It can make you feel like you're the only one uh, checking in, noticing what's off kilter. Let it go. Eat dumplings and listen to Madonna. And Soldier tweets in and says, Trash on the moon includes fancy Hasselblad cameras. Ugh. Humans, you suck. I feel like uh, the spilling of um, a human-centric disc on the moon, including tardigrades, is a really good, like, Leo sun full moon and Aquarius vibe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. Here's some more music. This is Sabrina Claudio with Holding the Gun. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm.
You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Liesl with Cyphers, before that was Ree with Swagger. Starting off that set was Sabrina Claudio with Holding the Gun. We have another set of Snackoscopes. Aquarius, be careful of being too in your head this week. Be careful of getting too detached from your feels and the people in your life. It's easy to scurry to the safety of dreaming about the future when the present is hard to take. Find three things in the present that make you feel alive, that make you feel right here, right now. Give thanks. Listen to Pink Floyd and eat popsicles. Pisces, the summer is a watery time full of dripping fruits, making out, dew glistening in the grass. It's easy to lose yourself in this sensuous spell, to forget about future plans and the person you're working to become. Be careful not to get too wrapped up in distractions and other people. Find something that grounds you. Eat gummy worms and listen to Donna Summer. Areas you might feel a little restless and frustrated this week, like you're trying to herd cats. Rather than let your temper get the best of you, find an outlet to let off steam and deal only with yourself. It's a good time to make progress on things just for you. It's a good time to be a little selfish and a little secretive and let yourself feel excited. Listen to Robin and eat nuts. And you can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. I'm going to play another set. This is Boy Harsher with Face the Fire. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. When we come back, we might talk about more uh, Blink-182 UFO conspiracies. Your faithful reporters on all things Tom DeLonge alien conspiracies. And this is uh, Face the Fire.
You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Eurythmics with Revenge. Before that was Boy Harsher with Face the Fire. We've got some UFO news. Some Blink-182 news. I'm going to be honest, I... I couldn't like name you a Blink One Eighty Two song. They came, they came of age sort of after I stopped being interested in nineties music. Uh, but I'm very familiar with. Is it Delonge or Delong? Tom Delong. I think Delonge. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it looks like someone Delonge. tweet us a pronunciation guide. Uh, anyways, former singer uh, is on a real. Uh, UFO research mission. Um, yeah, he has his own kind of. Uh, organization Mm -hmm. uh the to the stars academy or ttsa they've been uncovering and publishing a bunch of odd ufo claims over the past few years i'd like to think that this was always his like plan in life and and the the music was just like a means to get a long con (laughs) to to get yourself to uh yeah household name status so you can talk about ufos yeah um yeah so what's what's the breaking Blink one eighty two blink one eighty two alien news. You tell me. So <laughs> you sent this article. It's true. I just I always have to to click on these things. So, um well politicians as we also know are very uh interested in UFOs. So last month a Republican rep Mark Walker uh, he wrote a letter expressing concern over the recent surge in UFO-related events that, uh, like, the New York Times has covered, like, yeah. the military being like, yo, there's some weird shit flying around in the air There's out there. so much. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like, our news cycle makes it so that those things, which maybe five years ago would have been the talk of the town, they just get buried, like, day by day by, you know, infuriating tweets or whatever. Yeah. So exactly and like we, we we probably would be paying more attention to you know shooting we're, we're our country like not on a <laughs> yeah. little trash fire i know i don't want to be insensitive about all the all the you know yeah gunfire but there's hmm. been a lot it's it's yeah it's yeah. not a moment to catch your breath yeah, really yeah so what's most notable is that like what walker is asking for very closely aligns with what blink 182 singer tom delonge's to the stars academy ttsa has been uncovering and publishing over the last few years. Um, and it definitely seems like the amount of attention the media is giving giving this topic in the last two years has increased. Yeah, and it's um, this made me think of, we haven't talked on the show yet about, um, there was a really, there was a really uh, thorough article in The Cut a few weeks ago about Lyme disease right yeah and you know that's its own thing it might need its own uh own talk break on another upcoming episode to discuss but one of the things kind of adjacent to that was that there was recently um a uh house of representatives uh ordered an investigation into whether the department the department of defense experimented with ticks and created Lyme disease as biological weapons. That's wild. And it was like, you know, some representative was, uh, the quote, inspired to write it, this this uh, amendment which passed, so it, um, you know, the 
they are going to do an investigation. But he was inspired to write this amendment by, quote, a number of books and articles suggesting that significant research had been done at U.S. government facilities. <laughs> um, you know, and in, including Fort Detrick, Maryland, Plum Island, New York, etc., to turn ticks and other insects into bioweapons. Oh, you know? Yeah, that's pretty nuts to me. Yeah, this is, we're reaching um, a really strange time. I mean, we've already reached a really strange time, but the, like, UFOs are on the docket as well as uh, ticks as possible biological weapons. I feel like we're kind of, like, doing some weird, kind of, like, progressive coast-to-coast. We're in a weird right political era. This feels very, like, I don't know, 18th century <laughs> Like to me, <laughs> yeah. So, are we moving forward with any like UFO investigation? Well, so it definitely seems like uh, the study of UFOs is becoming more serious political business. Um, a lot of people serious. within like the SETI UFO community are like, "Oh, this is a really pivotal moment in the study of UFOs." But you know, maybe this Walker just likes UFOs, like his like Tom DeLonge. Um, I really loved this quote. It kind of like feels like Mad Libs for science conspiracy in the same way that that website earlier <laughs> about the Lionsgate portal was like woo uh, Mad Libs. But um, this is from Walker. Uh, Based on pilot accounts, encounters with these UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena often involved complex flight patterns and advanced maneuvering, which demand extreme advances in quantum mechanics, nuclear science, electromagnetics, and thermodynamics. And I'd like someone to explain to me what those four uh, areas of science have to do with complex flight patterns. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of weird UFO jargon. <laughs> well, it's like naming kind of... Um, scientific uh, areas that sound really advanced and inscrutable, but you're looking at, um, you know, particle physics and um, the behavior of light and heat. Right. (laughs) Um, And I I just want to know, like, what, how how you relate those three things to complex flight patterns, which is, you know, often does doesn't i mean it obviously involves all those things because you know we're in the same physics it's true. system but i i just want to know like yeah. what do you mean by that what do you mean by that please explain I but yeah there's there's a long political history of of politicians trying to get more dirt on ufos um who's the guy remember he was obsessed with skinwalker ranch he's also oh, yeah. a tom delange bud totally i don't he was a democrat or yeah. he was like a clinton campaign person or something i don't remember who well, it wasn't, uh, ooh, um, yeah, the, uh, Podesta. It's Podesta. Yeah. That's exactly Yeah, it. yeah. Um, yeah, very, very Goldwater was a big, uh, proponent that believed the government knew about UFOs. Anyhow, I should probably do this last set of snack escapes <laughs> before yeah. we get too carried away. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, and friend of the show, uh, bug guy, Brett. Uh, wants to let everyone know that tonight is the peak of the Perseids meteor shower, and it's a rare non-foggy day in San Francisco. So yeah. this may be the first time in years. I recommend going up to like Mount Tam mm. and watching some shooting stars. Shooting meteors. Yeah, if you're within the city, there might be a, a lot of like pollution, but you can go yeah. up on Bernal Hill. Exactly. Maybe you can go up on Kite Hill. Yeah. 
All right, last set of snack scopes. Taurus, there's nothing you hate more than being knocked off kilter. More than not feeling like yourself this week, be careful not to react to ghosts from your past. Be a good steward of your own heart and remember that other hearts are just as tender. Move towards the things and people that make you feel grounded and make you feel like yourself. Eat chips, listen to Lizzo. Gemini, this is a week to shine, to sparkle strangers with your wit and wear, wear your weirdest outfits. This isn't a time to second guess yourself or ghost your friends because you're not in the mood to hang. Let the world see you. Try to let your squishiest, most tender self throb out of your chest. You never know who it will dazzle and inspire. Listen to Can and eat granola bars. Cancer, let yourself feel all the big feelings this week, even if you're resistant, even if you're dreading them like a tidal wave. Like the tides, these feelings might bring you unlikely treasures covered in tangled seaweed, all glinting and full of soft secrets from the depths. Rather than close your eyes, give them your full attention. Eat popcorn and listen to the au pairs. And you can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. Next up is the Hanging Garden Radio Show. And we're going to leave you with a new one from Shusha Santa Maria. This is Puro Animal. Uh, this whole album is incredible. They are local. Listen to them. Um, and we will see you next week. We'll have a special guest on next week. Yeah. We'll have on... Uh, one of the duo known as piney wood atlas they travel all over looking at unusual artist residencies and we're going to talk about how to go to artist residencies and make the time or make your own if you don't have the bandwidth love it for it i'm so excited so excited um and we will see you then tweet at us if you have any questions you want us to uh queue up for next week Bye. Bye. Did it.